welcome to this week's episode of Tuesdays for Talking, a weekly podcast from Mosaic Church in Austin, Texas. Here's your hosts, Pastor Corey Sullivan and Nathan Brown. Hey everybody, this is Nathan with Mosaic, and in just a few minutes, we're going to jump in and listen to a conversation that my co-host and I, Corey Sullivan, recently had with a couple members of Mosaic. And in this conversation, we're going to be discussing the current long-term reality we find ourselves in of this shelter in place and how that's affecting people, single people, married people, people with kids, people that don't have kids, and navigating how we're all working from home together under one roof now. So due to this stay-at-home order, we are recording each of us from our own home. So I do want to ask that you give us a little bit of grace. If you hear some background noise here and there, well, that's because other people live here. And also there's some inconsistencies with the audio as we're having to record this over the internet. At the same time, several billion of you are binging on Netflix. With that out of the way, I do want to just introduce our guests that you're going to be hearing from before we jump into the podcast. And that is Melissa Williams and Nikki Cummings. Just a little bit of background on them. Nikki has been a part of Mosaic since 2011. At the church, she's involved in our connection team and TGA, which stands for the gospel. And if you haven't heard about that, just quickly, TGA is a ministry at Mosaic where we seek to make disciples through addressing polarizing social issues, things like race, culture, politics. We then apply the gospel lens to it and help people having these very hard but important conversations. So Nikki's a key leader in that ministry. Nikki is single, but she is engaged to be married soon. Congratulations, Nikki. She's been involved in in early childhood education since 2007. She started out as a kindergarten teacher, has worked in administration as a vice principal. She focuses as an educational leader on supporting classroom educators and administrators and parents as they all work to give children what they really need. Nikki also works for the United Way where she recruits and works with college students who serve as tutors for AISD students. And she is also still a student herself. She is a doctoral student at Baylor University where she's pursuing a degree in learning and organizing organizational change. So really glad to be able to hear from her today. Our other guest is Melissa Williams. Melissa became a member of our church back in 2001 as a college student. She came to our church through a campus ministry that is now called Every Nation Campus at the University of Texas. She has served in student ministry, also has been a part of TGA and MKids. She spent 10 years as a bilingual elementary school teacher in AISD teaching second and third grade. Melissa is currently also a third year PhD student and instructor at the University of Texas in the School of Education. And her work seeks to explore how teachers use children's literature to talk about social justice issues. Another thing you should know about Melissa is she's married to our student pastor, Wendell Williams, and together they have four children. We're going to now jump into the podcast, and you're going to start out first by hearing from Melissa. We'll take you there right now. It's interesting about our family is that God has totally called us to partner together to take on these multiple roles at this time. So we we homeschool, Wendell homeschools on his day off. I'm at home with the girls unless I'm teaching. And then we have somebody come in for those few hours. And then I'm used to working on my own end, right? Uh, figuring out where is the time for that. And so it's it's really hard to do unless you feel God's calling, right? And God's grace. But as we know right now, we're all in this together. We're all navigating these multiple roles all of a sudden. And we're in the middle of this global pandemic. And so that's really important to consider as, and I know that's gonna frame what Nikki and I are gonna talk about is that we have to keep that in mind because it, it, it does shift and change the normalcy of as many tricks as I, as I can share of what has been successful for, for our family and, and more what we have learned uh, from failing at certain things, right? And learning like, oh, that didn't work very well. Let's figure this out. Let's, let's take it to God, let's pray. 
uh, even then, um, you know, we have to keep in mind that we're in the midst of a global pandemic. And so that's the lens that I'll be, that'll be coming through and, and just how much in the everydayness of what I get, if I do, I lean on the Lord's grace a lot. I, I, there's a lot of prayers that happen. As we know right now, there is a wealth of information that is being shared. A lot of my colleagues are sharing amazing things. I'm sharing things on my Facebook and Instagram of like, what are these things that we're doing with our kids? But what I also love about what's happening right now is people are, are really being open and honest about how hard this is and how, uh, how much grace we need to have for ourselves and how kind we need to be to ourselves. And I definitely want to encourage everyone that to take a breath, know that you're doing a good job. You're listening to this podcast for ideas. That's already, you are, you are doing an amazing job. Nikki, tell us, tell us about yourself um, in terms of how this is affecting you right now. And, and then you can kind of get into some of the, the things that you're prioritizing in your own new workflow that you're in. Yeah. So I think transitioning from being out in the field um, at elementary schools every single day um, to kind of having to shut my program down just because college students are home to transitioning to another program that supports um, the city in a way where we're connecting childcare agencies to essential workers um, who need childcare in this time has been um, major. And so it's been a lot of more time in front of a computer, in front of the desktop, trying to get to understand what the needs are within our city, what our programming needs. It's a new program that we just started on Monday. I'm having to do a lot of adjusting and self-care work. Um, of setting a schedule for myself and things of that sort to make sure that I am finding joy in pockets of my day in between Zoom meetings and spreadsheets and all of that jazz. So How important do you think that is for people? Just take time from the work to care for yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's vital. I think we will go stir crazy if we don't step away from the screen. I'm just like, step away from the screen. Go outside for a five-minute walk. Mm-hmm. Um, do I- something that does not take brain power of thinking about what the next thing is. Just even if it's writing with chalk, I found some chalk from some kids and I wrote something <laughs> right. on the sidewalk. I'm like That's 36 awesome. year old woman writing with chalk on my sidewalk. Yeah, I heard somebody say that when you, when you go to work from home, it sort of brings out whatever's in there. If you sort of trend towards being a workaholic, then having your work accessible and right there in a way that, you know, you really can't turn it off, so to speak. I mean, you just, you, you get yeah. up and, change your scenery it can make you work 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 on the other hand if you're a little prone toward being a procrastinator maybe you don't work quite as hard that you don't have that same drive inside of you and working from home can be a real challenge to, to keep up with it all you know i'm sure that people listening right now are coming from both of those perspectives you know melissa is, is there anything you could say to people on both sides of that fence in terms of how scheduling and routines can mm-hmm. help sort of mitigate your own your own strengths and weaknesses Yes, and for sure. I definitely want to echo what Nikki said of self-care and, and boundaries are very important. I would say one of the things is really knowing what you're saying, Nathan, what kind of work ethic do you have right now? Because life is going to look like what it normally looks like. And yet you also know what kind of person you, you tend to be, like whether you work nonstop, which I tend to do. I, and that's one of my biggest traps that I fall into is I, I am tending to work around the clock, like I'm teaching the girls during the day and nursing and Wendell gets home and literally we, I cook dinner and we trade spaces. Um, and then I go to the room or co- well, I used to, you know, go to a coffee shop and work, 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 work until really late at night. And, and then it just was ridiculous because I'm not sleeping and I'm not 
the best person for my family. Uh, and they're the ones that end up taking the brunt of that, right? And so yeah. now we're in a situation where we're all here um, and, and that it changes things because I, I have seen how Wendell and I both can work literally nonstop. And um, we just had a conversation this morning where um, I was, we were sharing how the realities of a learning curve right now too, we, we're all on a learning curve, right? Like even if we have been working from home and like maybe online, we're, now Nikki mentioned this earlier, we're online so much more. Nathan, you mentioned yeah. this too. So there's a learning curve of other things. And so being graceful with ourselves, um, I can't say that enough, being graceful with how many new things are happening right at this moment, uh, how many things we're, we're handling and, and reshifting how that plays into what is successful. And what I'm saying right now with, with this tidbit that has helped our family a lot, have that conversation with the people that are involved in your household right now. Um, have open conversations about what does work look like? What do your boundaries look like right now? Uh, even if your kids are young, if you have kids, involve them in the conversation, make it age appropriate. Like our girls know that mommy and daddy are working in different ways and what it looks like. And they also know the kind of things that we do for them. And so we're all involved in this conversation of, oh, mommy needs a little more time to just take a longer shower <laughs> because I need some time for my brain to disassociate. Or you need time to, whatever it is for you, watch a, a TV show, whatever it is, I really encourage everyone to think about those boundaries at this current time of life and, and have that conversation openly with those that you're quarantining with your family, right? What your, what your family looks like at this point. And I know Nikki will share from a single perspective, even if it's yourself, right? Like what, what, what works for me right now as a single person? That's really good. So Nikki, for you, like the single person, when Melissa said that she can be a workaholic when she cannot put it down, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So for me, it's kind of been on the other end of like having the freedom to, if I don't have an eight o'clock meeting, I've had to force myself to get into a regiment because it's just me. And yeah. so I don't have a little person waking me up in the morning who needs me to feed them. And so taking care of myself in that way to say like, I still need to get up and brush my teeth and wash my face so that I can not be in this zone of like exactly. lethargic. I have to create regimens for myself so I don't get into that stench of just like, I'm going to sleep the day away or get away with whatever I want to because I'm in the confines of my own home and my boss isn't standing over my shoulder. But then also giving myself grace, knowing that I have a new role or even if my role isn't new for those, um, it looks different because you're doing it from your home. And so it's not going to look the same way it did at the office. And I have to give myself grace to make mistakes and try new things and figure out what works best for me. Um, and that's create new organizational structures for myself to get my task list done and things of that sort. It's something that I've had to push myself to do. And then also I've had to just reach out like um, people that I would normally go on lunch breaks with at work that I enjoy seeing. I've had to reach out and just be like, Hey, let's do a zoom lunch break because I am such a people person and to have nobody in my home with me at times is like, oh, it, it's kind of depressing. And so um, I have to reach out and intentionally try to find different parts of the day where I can interact with individuals if it's not my neighbors that I see across the yard and yelling at them. But the other night I was, I hadn't really talked to my family members because I was just working with this new project. And so I created a Zoom Facebook account 
or not a Zoom Facebook, a Facebook chat group with all of my cousins and told them, I was like, you better answer when I call and just video um, chatted them. And so there was like eight of us playing back and forth with filters in the middle of the day where they're like, come get these kids, Nikki, can we ship them to you? Um, So it was good. It's just finding ways to create joy for myself has been something that it's really helped um, when I don't have other people physically around me. Can I shift to the kids for just a minute? So I know a lot of people listening have kids at home and, you know, many people don't homeschool for a reason. You know, I've got four kids in my house right now. One of them is a college student. One of them is a high school student. One's a junior high student. One's an elementary student. You know, I'm not homeschooling all of these rascals. Tell us a little bit about how we should be thinking about schooling at home versus homeschooling. I know you've got some thoughts on that. I'd love to hear a little bit more. Yeah. So homeschooling is completely different. I have a niece, I'm a nephew. They have four littles and they actually homeschool. They took two years to research, find curriculum that they wanted, prayed about it. And that's what the Lord called them to. And they have four little people who stay at home with them and she does curriculum with them. She has a schedule set with them. And it looks really different from a day in a life at a public or charter or private school. A school day where kids are going to school from 7.45 to 2.45 is completely different. You have several different adults that your children are interacting with. No one adult is with a child all day long at the school. And you have lots of children who are doing things together. And at home, um, homeschool is really about modifying creating a modified program and approach for your family that works. And school is not happening eight hours a day. They're not sitting in front of curriculum eight hours a day. They are not interacting with tons of other children and playground breaks and things of that sort, the way that they do at school. It's not set up like that. It's really intentional and set up to operate in a way where it's individualized for that family. And every single person's homeschool program looks different according to the needs of that family. And sometimes programming happens for them anywhere from two hours of the day to maybe even four hours, but it's not all day long. And so kids aren't sitting in front of worksheets all day long. Kids aren't interacting with computers all day long. They are doing lots of different ways to learn holistically. And it's not just about the curriculum content in homeschool programming. Um, And so I think that's important to think about as I've seen lots of parents say, oh, I'm homeschooling my kids now. And I'm like, no, you're supporting your child at home with the curriculum that the school may be providing or supplemental things. You're not expected. And I don't want parents to feel that they're expected to teach their children the way that school teachers were trained, gone to school for, um, have certifications, it's their professional career to train your children in content. You don't need to put that burden and that label on yourself. And so I would think of what you're doing right now is supporting your kids through supplemental work, just like building on the skills that they already have. That's great. And not trying to get them through the end of their fifth grade year or fourth grade year for a test. Nobody should try to do that at their home. Just those definitions like help us take a deep breath as this is our new normal that we are not the primary educators. We're just helping them. Yeah. And I mean, after this, some people may decide, Lord, I desire to homeschool my kid. And maybe that's a blessing in disguise. And then you'll get the support that you need through homeschool groups, other moms and dads who do this for a living. They have communities. Also, homeschool parents aren't always doing this by themselves. They have programs that they can, and community groups that they can sign up and do this work with. So they're not alone either. And so just knowing that 
it's not as easy as having your child at home during a school day and thinking that that's what homeschool is. If I could turn a question to Melissa, um, I have a first grader in the house. You taught first and second grade. And, you know, again, all of the, the kids that we may interact with are, are, are on a, an age spectrum, of course. That first kindergarten, first, second grade age seems really crucial to me because they're learning those very, very basic skills of, you know, they're, they're reading. Now they're starting to write, doing a little bit, a little math. And I mean, I know. Mm-hmm summer break, of course, between kindergarten and first grade. It's like, if you don't stay on top of that stuff, they come in way behind. Could you maybe talk a little bit about what are the real crucial things that you, that you should as a parent stay on top of with your kids so that they don't Mm -hmm. the edge, you know, to their learning, maybe what things don't matter as much. And then if you have any thoughts with respect to how much time should the kids spend on a particular educational activity versus some physical engagement, get them outside, throw the baseball around, whatever, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear your thoughts on those sort of things. Cause I, I know I struggle a little bit, like how much is too much? How much is not enough? Should I make him read for 10 minutes or 30 minutes or? Right. Uh, and just FYI, I taught second and third because first grade teachers, I think are angels. <laughs> I didn't have the grace to teach first grade. So I hear you, Nathan. I hear you uh, having a first grader is that's where a lot of foundational reading uh, skills are, are becoming more fruitful. And so I'll, I definitely share about uh, echoing even what Nikki was saying of the most impactful, purposeful learning uh, that a, a child could do at home is things that they're interested in. And really, as a parent, I would encourage you to take this time to continue learning about your child and what the kind of things that they want to learn about. And then try to come up with a plan together at, as far as how you're going to approach this inquiry that they're that they're asking about right and so it may look differently for everyone like maybe a a child is interested like one of my kids for example right now want to know how movies are made and so we are thinking about all the creative ways that I could incorporate that into their learning whether it's through books through video through physical activity technology right and so my biggest encouragement would be to at this time try to find out more of what your kids' interests are and diving deeper into that and using that space to see if you could read about that, to see if you could do a physical activity regarding that, see if you could actually do a activity where they, they're using their hands and creating. Uh, I don't think that there's a set time. I know in, in regular school, a lot of times you'll have like, oh, read for 30 minutes or then those are just good good practices in a sense uh, to establish the norm that we should be reading every day. Uh, and so I definitely encourage parents to continue reading to their, their children every day and continue having space for them to read uh, things that they really want to engage with and make sure that, yes, kids need time to play. Imagine play is very, very important. There's a lot of research ta- that, that talks about how much more kids need to play and how much more kids need space to, to imagine. And I also just want to quickly share that at this time, I think kids really need space to also be able to talk about what's happening. And that's a big part of their learning right now because kids are so sharp and smart and intuitive. And if you haven't had a chance to have conversations with them about where they're at and what they're picking up, I think that's super important to do. And even if you have had those conversations, having them continued. Uh, I know with our kids, we started off with a conversation that we thought was age appropriate about what was happening and how we couldn't why we couldn't go to the playgrounds anymore, but their questions have continued to evolve. Kids are experiencing their own emotions of grieving 
not being able to see their friends, not being able to go to church, right? To children's church. And, and that's important just as much as it's important to read to your child every day. That's, I love those. I love that, those answers. I love that you brought up just for the younger age kids, like let them learn with what they're interested in now and just go with them there, whether that's books or activities or researching mm-hmm. together, or, you know, I don't know how to make movies. Let's find out together. What does that look like? And also connecting with them about why they're at home all day, every day with mom and dad. Why isn't dad or mom going outside of the belt, you know, to work? You know, they're hearing things. Nikki, when you were talking about homeschooling earlier and schedules, what about now for those, like I have a high school student, I've got middle school students and an elementary student. When it comes to their learning schedules, along with me and my husband working from home, can you tell us a little about, give maybe some special tips on scheduling differently than a normal school day? Yeah, for sure. I would say the first tip that I have about that is to scheduling meeting as a family that you guys can create a schedule together because what you want to do no matter what age the child is you want to make sure that this schedule becomes a kind of an independent guide for for them and for you and a lot of people are thinking about schedules just for the kids and I'm like schedules are for the adult too it helps like when I was running my kindergarten classroom the schedule that I set for my students helped me they kept me on track with the schedule just as much as I was expecting to go to the next part of the day. And so um, I think the biggest thing is to set that schedule with them. And as you're setting it, thinking about developmentally for them, what do they need? You know your children best. You know how much attention they, like what their time span is. If you're sitting them in front of books, you know how much time they're going to be able to sit in front of books. If they're super young, you know that they may not be reading words yet. And so for reading time, if you're setting that on the schedule, then you're saying something like, you're gonna set this six minute timer for yourself and you're gonna read the pictures out loud to yourself or do three of those books, six minutes a piece or however much time that child can sit for, you don't want for it to be through the lens of school. Cause I think we think of our high schoolers go to class for an hour or 45 minute block. But during that 45 minutes, their teacher is breaking up that class into five or six different chunks. They may be doing independent work for 10 minutes and then talking to somebody else for five minutes. It's okay that within your schedule, even if it's just big chunks of like, I just want you to read during this time or interact with some kind of book at this time on the schedule, then that's fine. You don't have to dictate what that looks like or you don't have to set a time frame. It can be just a menu of items so that children know to do throughout the day. Yeah, that's really great. I think that one of the things that we're trying to do is using screens differently. Right now, their schools are just coming back online and we're doing like half days. But when we were not having school, but I needed some sort of routine, we were introducing like, oh, right as a family, not really as a family because me and your dad are working, but <laughs> with the kids, you're going to watch a history documentary together and you're gonna watch a science documentary together. And then each of you are gonna go like, go take a walk together. That way, you know, my littlest can have some supervision. I think that each, each child is different. Um, each school is different. Each classroom is different. I mean, we're getting so, many, so much information from different teachers from my high schooler that I think his, his day is gonna look so much different than my eighth grader's day is versus uh, my fifth grader's day is. So just knowing that not to keep like, everyone has to look the same. Because if I expect my, even my 10th grader to focus for an hour and a half, I, that's gonna frustrate me because that's just a lose battle from the beginning. 
um, that's just not, not going to win. Yeah. Y'all are going to be fighting and it's, it's not <laughs> worth it. It's like, no, Oh, you no. have 15 minute times, man. Bet 15 minutes, do this, <laughs> go take a walk around the block, come back. Yeah, yeah. The next we're, all, we're all happier. Yep. Speaking of kind of knowing your kids, we're going to try to make a couple transitions here from schedules to, to more heart care. And so, Melissa, I just want to ask you, what do you think that our kids need to hear from us about what's going on right now? How do we address their own fears, their insecurities? You know, they got to be, they might be having fun with school being out, but I know I still get questions like, yeah. is this going to really be okay? Talk a little bit about what you think our kids need to hear from us right now. That's a great, great question. And so I think the first thing is finding out what your kids know. So there's a, a teaching tool that people use a lot, the, the KWL chart. The what do you know? What do you want to know? What did you learn? Uh, and it's just such a simple tool to, to really first in, get engaged. What, what do your kids even know right now, right? And it may surprise you about what it is they know. Like I know, for example, our kiddos, they we were writing letters to nursing homes. And so Zoe then asked me, our oldest, well, why is it that they can't even go outside? And so she knew she couldn't go outside, but now she wants to know, well, well, this is infecting other people beyond the one I realized, right? And so really finding out what they know and then what are they wondering about? So her question of why, why, why is this happening? And in the what they know, you might, you'll see where your child, what kind of things that they need. Do they need more prayer? Do they need an outlet to learn a little bit more about what germs are or what this is or that do they need uh, to, to have a little bit more action in there as far as what they can do and then asking them what do you want to know what, what is it that you want to to learn more about uh, i think those are the two biggest things that, that you could start off with also what you feel safe and comfortable sharing about what is happening and most importantly letting them know that that they're safe uh, I know many of us have seen that Mr. Rogers quote of making sure that our kids know how to look for the helpers and to know that there are people working really hard out there to keep us safe. And my last thing, I really think our kids need to know uh, what they can do. Washing their hands is, is something that seems so simple, but for a kid, it is very agentic, like what they can do. The fact that we're sheltering in place is another choice that your family is making to protect others, even to the point of let's FaceTime our grandparents or let's FaceTime your friends. Those are also things that your child can do and can see themselves as helping right now. Talking about it, making sure you're hearing what they're saying and what, they, what they're wondering about, making sure they feel safe and making sure that they um, also see themselves as, as problem solvers in the situation. That's so good. I think spiritually, you know, I think what we have, what I have found in my house as we have slowed down and also sped up in different ways, comes to fear and anxiety. All of my kids deal with that a little bit differently. They express that differently. And I still just send them to the Bible. I just send them to the Bible. And what's fascinating about that is they come back and they ask questions because they don't know everything about the Bible. So they start asking questions and then I'll send them in a conversation about God with my kids at this time. And I'll let them do like, I'll like teach them like from the bare beginning, like how you started, like we started like, well, let's look up fear in the Bible. What does it say about fear? You know, that God did not give us a spirit of fear, one of love and power, power and a sound mind, you know, and they, what, what does that mean? What do you mean a spirit? Like all of a sudden having these spiritual conversations. I also think a great way that, you know, spiritually we have let them 
learn a little bit about their emotions in this time is to really teach them how to be still because right now it they are online as much as we are i mean they're on zoom calls with their with their friends mm -hmm. they're doing zoom calls now with their with their um, teachers mm -hmm. so and they're also just playing multiplayer games just to hear their friends voices which has right. been a help but to take it all the way down i awesome. okay phones off of our bodies like phones mm -hmm. away no music on we're actually just going to sit and be still and then ask them well what came up what thoughts came up during that stillness time what they heard you know from god during that time and also journaling like that's that's simple because that's also writing although i have to say that the first day i asked my kids i wish i had i wish i had it in here the first day i asked my kids to journal my daughter wrote a prayer on a note card and then my eighth grader wrote in sharpie on a napkin <laughs> i was like first of all that's the paper good we're not trying to do that right <laughs> yeah now. those are bad that's valuable <laughs> <laughs> that's valuable man we need um, those oh, no. yeah we need the napkins like let's not waste napkins for our journal time and then my oldest son wrote on a blank piece of paper not a note notebook paper and folded it into an airplane you know paper airplane and you know launched it to me so but they all journaled they all wrote sentences in different ways and it was all about you know london's was you know sweet prayer and tobin's was about you know what he ate for breakfast <laughs> and you know my deep thinker was my jonah was about you know just deep thoughts about what's going on in his life right now and how he's experiencing this and it was just really great to connect with him there as well and of course i love this i love this i love this is bringing your kids into your prayer closet for me, that's not a physical room, but it's just continuing mm -hmm. to let them hear you pray. When, when you have anxiety, when you have worry, pause. Just speak out. You know what, actually, kids, I just need to pray real quick. I'm just going to pray. I actually need the peace of God because I don't actually know what to do right now. I'm a little stuck. I'm a little frustrated. Um, and so invite them on how we respond in prayer with the Father to those places that hold tension, which there's a lot of them right now. So how we can pause and how we can pray, just invite them to see you do it in real time. And if you're not comfortable with that, a great thing that I thought about is actually um, on our Friday noon prayers to gather them around. Mm -hmm. we have, we've had amazing people pray differently, profoundly, powerfully, just to hear, let your kids hear how other people pray for what's going on right now for their families, for church, for the doctors, for the nurses, for healthcare workers all around, and for also all of us at home trying to work through this emotionally and physically with work and home. Nathan, I know you also have older kids and you know you also can give us fantastic ways of how you're kind of walking through your, with your kids spiritually. Anything, that, any tips you have for us as well? Words of wisdom? <laughs> yeah, you know, I think there's been a lot of wisdom shared on this podcast today. I guess what I would do is probably just highlight three things, you know, that really stood out to me that certainly apply to my situation, in my life, or that I can apply to my situation in my life. So I guess just to shut down here with three things, first is grace, you know, have grace for yourself, have grace uh, with your friends. There may be friends of yours that are struggling with what friendship even looks like right now in this new circumstance. Have grace for your coworkers because odds are they're going through all the same challenges you are right now and maybe some that you don't know about. Uh, have grace for your kids. You know, their worlds are turned upside down. And as the fun of the news starts to wear off, they're going to start to wear down. And we really can use grace to help build them back up. And for those of you who are married, you know, man, grace for your spouses. I'd be lying if 
I said that things hadn't been hard on Ashley and me. I mean, she, she's my best friend and we're still crazy about each other, but with so much new, so many pressures to go along with it, I can't even get into all the things with her job and all of that. It, it's been hard, you know, it's been hard. So, uh, babe, if you're listening, thanks for giving me grace. And I'm going to continue to try to give you even more and more and more because I know that you deserve it. Uh, number two, manage expectations you know, with yourself, with your team, your coworkers, with your kids, you know, uh, we we talked with our kids about this, like, Hey, here's expectations for how things are going to roll during the day. Like I'll spend a little more time with you than usual because I'm around. I don't have drive time. I get a little downtime between meetings. I come find you, you know, but I do have a lot of meetings. And so, you know, we've talked with them about what you can interrupt for and what you can't. You can interrupt me if you're bleeding. You cannot interrupt me to ask for a new app, but continue to manage expectations and be flexible and open to change. You know, I mean, depending on what kind of work you do, you might want to consider different hours, different work hours than normal. That's something that your job will allow. And then number three, man, I just love the idea. It's definitely something I'm going to apply here at my house. I love the idea about starting the day with a family meeting. And that's the place where you can set expectations, you know, food plans, screen time, physical activity, schoolwork, like here's what's going down today. Maybe take a moment to pray together as a family for those who are sick. Corey, I love the idea of bringing our kids into the prayer calls with us. That's awesome. You know, definitely do that. But this family meeting uh, that Nikki brought up, I I love that idea. It's something I'm going to definitely talk with my wife about implementing here at our house and, and figure out what we can do there. But certainly setting expectations, praying together is going to be part of that. And I guess the last thing I would tell you is keep coming to church. Yeah, we got online services available for you every single weekend. And so keep showing up on Sunday. Jump on there. We're on Facebook and YouTube live every Sunday morning during our regular service times. You can watch it by yourself. If you got a family, gather them around the TV. Keep showing up. And of course, you'll want to make sure you're following us on all the socials so that you can get the daily content coming to you from the church. Well, man, we love you. We just want to tell you that we are glad that you are a part of this church family. We're glad you're listening to this podcast. We are praying for you and your family and your businesses every day of the week. Man, we are lifting you up before God in prayer and we're here to help you in any way that we possibly can. So thanks so much for joining us and we hope that you'll join us again next week on Tuesdays are for Talking. God bless you. Take care. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Tuesdays are for Talking. For more information about how to get and stay connected to us, head over to mosaicchurchaustin.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We hope you'll make plans to join us next week.